Welcome to the West Side Podcast, where you can find real help for real life. We hope you'll take a second right now and subscribe to this podcast and let us know how we can help. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. Now join us for this week's installment of the West Side Podcast. People can't read your mind, right? Yeah. So we just sometimes we just assume people know that, oh, yeah, they know I love them. Mm-hmm. They know that I appreciate them. No, they probably don't. So I think it makes more sense to be able to just speak your mind and see, like, express that. yourself. You know, uh, before I came here, um, there was a bag and a card at my front door. And I'm like, really? oh, what is this? So I, so I open up the bag and the card, and it's a candle, love candles, and a card, because I had invited one of my pastor wife's friends to a retreat with mm. me last week, and she dropped that off at my front door, and I got that right before I came here, and I was just felt so appreciated. This whole Change Your World series has been kind of exciting for me. Has it been exciting for you? Yeah? Okay. I've been kind of excited because I think the world needs changing. And I've been thinking about what, what things need to change. Now, I've put together, I think, like a little fun list uh, of things that I think need to change. Gabe told you a couple of weeks ago that him and I were traveling together. And there are a few things that I think need to change about traveling. So I don't know how you are. Maybe you're going to agree with me on some of this, but, but uh, these are the things I think need to change. So when I fly somewhere, I usually get up early in the morning and I have a cup of coffee, right? Because I'm going to, it's early, I'm driving to the airport early, so I have a cup of coffee on the way to, anybody else do that? Have a cup of coffee on the way to the airport? Just to, okay, some people, some of my people are here. The rest of you are not going to enjoy my talk this morning. Uh, <laughs> But my people, you get this, right? So you're, you're going to have a cup of coffee first thing in the morning as you're going to the airport. And then you're going to go through security. I'll usually go through security. And uh, if I get there early enough, I might go to the lounge and have a little breakfast and another cup of coffee, right? And, which, which is great. I love drinking coffee while I fly. Well, when I actually get on a plane, I really have to have the aisle seat, if at all possible, <laughs> Because, uh, well, a number of reasons. One of them being when they come and do that in-flight service and they say, do you want some coffee? I will say, yes, I'll have some coffee. Uh, And maybe a glass of water, right, to kind of balance it out because I'm already on my third cup. But I need to be on that aisle because I might need some access to some facilities and I can't wake up. I don't want to wake up or climb over anybody to get out of my aisle. But I have a problem. Something needs to change about how they work out those seats. Because if I look at the guy that's at the window, that guy has all the room in the world. Like, he can lean way out against the window. If you look at the space at their feet, I swear that you could unpack your suitcase in that spot and still have a place to put your feet. That's not fair. Okay, they have so much space. If you look at the person in the middle, that person is kind of stuck, right? If I get stuck in the middle, I have to like wrap a rope around my legs so that I'm not like bumping into the person next to me. I, need, I can't be in that middle. And, but they still have a little bit of space. I've seen people put their bag under the seat and still be able to put their feet under the seat in the middle, right? But the, us, us aisle people, we get nothing, I feel like they are trying to punish me 
for sitting in that spot, right? There's, if I put a bag under, if I put a backpack under that seat, my feet can't go there. I got to put my seat in the, in the back of the chair in front of me. They're punishing me every time my elbow is hanging out. They punish me as they go by with that cart and they smash me in the arm. That, how they do the seats, the space, that needs to change in my opinion. And then we stayed at this uh, hotel and it's a nice, it was a fine hotel, but there was a problem with the room. When I got up in the morning, they had decided that they no longer were going to have a coffee maker in the room. I know, those seven people that are my coffee people are shocked too. You can't. Nobody wants to get up in the morning and get dressed to go to the lobby to get a cup of coffee. Right? Nobody wants to do that. So that, need, that, needs, that needs to change. That absolutely needs to change. Gabe was, uh, we were traveling together, and we, we went to this conference where we were learning, and, and then after we got back, we still have some West Side stuff to do. We still got some work to do. And, and so we'd be sitting there doing our, our work, but the problem with me is that you might think, if you see me around here, you might think I'm not that much of a talker. <laughs> Did somebody laugh out loud? That's hilarious. Uh, uh, but I have noticed, I've traveled with, with Pastor Gabe quite a bit, and, uh, and he will at some point on the trip go, okay, Steve, uh, I need a change of scenery because you keep talking to me. I got to go do something else. And so he'll, go, he'll disappear to some other part, to some other building somewhere so that he can get stuff done. But things, there, there are things that, that need to change, right? This series is talking about changing our world, and I think that many of us feel like there are things that need to change, that, that we don't want to just go through life existing and just going living one day and then living the next day. We want, we want something we want something more. And we know things should change. I think that we are relatively good at recognizing that things uh, need to change. Think of uh, if you are a sports fan or if you have a friend who is a sports fan. They, have you ever heard of the term uh, the armchair quarterback or the armchair coach? Yeah, where they are yelling at the TV, telling the team what to do. Because they think that they, we recognize what needs to be done different, right? We're really, we're really good at that. Or, or shoot, we are in a political season, that's all about change, right? Looking through a ballot and what things do we want to vote for and what do we not? We have opinions about those things. We recognize what needs to change. Even when we think about our community and what gets emphasized in our community, we have thoughts, right? We have thoughts of things that we recognize that need to, need to change. Or even in your job. How many of you, I don't think this, because he's sitting right there. But how many of you think your boss could do things differently? Yeah, a handful of you. I don't think that ever. I don't, I don't think that ever. Uh, but we recognize those things that we think need to change, right? But there is a barrier to changing those things. The good news about that barrier is that we can overcome it. The bad news about that barrier is that that barrier to change, that's changing your world, that barrier is you. It's me. That, that is the thing, that is the biggest barrier we have to overcome is ourselves when it comes to changing our world. 
The thing that I have recognized and realized in, in, uh, in working with leaders especially is that, that that can be overcome, but there are four problems that we have to address, four problems that we have to address in order to overcome this barrier of ourselves in, uh, in changing the world. It's kind of like a, a four-layer cake, right? You're gonna, you have a base layer of that cake, and you're going to add another one on top and another one on top. There's these four problems that we have to work through. So I want to look at these four problems, and I want to talk through how we can kind of address it. And as we're going through this, I want you to be thinking about which one of these problems are you, are you wrestling with, okay? So here's the first problem. First problem is that I am wandering without purpose. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you're kind of wandering without purpose? Well, the solution to wandering without purpose is this. It's to ask for help. Ask for help. And the way that we do that, if you're wrestling with purpose, I think the best place is to go to your creator. Is to go to your creator and ask for help. There's a verse here in your notes. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 I want to read. Uh, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. When I read that, there is something in my soul that is pulled towards that. That that is true for every person listening that he, we are a masterpiece and he's created something for us to do. In my own life, I knew pretty, I would say late in my teen years that I wanted, uh, I wanted to go into ministry. I felt a call to go into ministry. And I got pretty excited about it and went to school and got a job uh, in ministry. And I was, I, I felt like I kind of heard that calling and I, but I didn't handle it very well. I jumped right in to, to ministry, but I, I didn't handle that calling great. I took on way too much and I eventually burned out. I burned out to the point where I just was like, nope, I quit. I'm done. Uh, and thought I'm, I'm not going to come back to ministry. And my wife always refers to those years as my wandering years, where she says, you just kind of, I don't know, walked around really without a lot of purpose. And I kept struggling with, you know, looking at that verse, and that verse says, you know, I've got good plans for you, and you're a masterpiece. And I kept wrestling with, how do I find, what are those plans? What are those plans? How am I, how am I a masterpiece? And because I know I'm probably projecting my own story as I read scripture, but as I read Moses' story, I really gravitated towards uh, how, he, how he was wrestling with this a little similar. If you don't know Moses' story, Moses is, uh, was supposed to be killed, and his mother did not comply with that order, and she sent him down the river. He eventually became uh, a part of the royal family and was really raised into some leadership. And he, I believe that he kind of struggled with how, to, how does he take care of his people? And he, uh, there was a day that he was wrestling with that and he saw one of his people who were in slavery to Egypt uh, getting beaten by a soldier. And Moses felt like something needed to change. 
right? He felt like that wasn't okay. Something needed to change. And so he did something, although he didn't handle it really great. He actually went and killed the soldier that was, was beating uh, the Israelite. And that really messed things up. He had to, he had to take off and run. He disappeared, and he eventually became a shepherd. And I always think about Moses being a shepherd. After everything that he had gone through, what, his, what he had seen in his life that, that far, that him being a shepherd was just kind of him wandering around with a bunch of sheep, doing a lot of thinking. And I imagine that as, he's, as he is walking these sheep, that he is wrestling through this idea of purpose. Like, what is what is his purpose? He felt something earlier in his life, but that didn't go really that well. And then he has this moment. He has this moment where he runs into a burning bush and it's God speaking to him and God is crystal clear that he has a plan for Moses in uh, Exodus chapter three. He is crystal clear. He says, I want you to go get my people uh, out of slavery. So Moses had this problem, wandering around without purpose, but the solution was listening, asking for help and listening to that clarity that he's being given. We, did, uh, we do this workshop uh, as a part of our Westside Plus workshops, it's our spiritual gifting workshop, and at the very end of that workshop, uh, there is a sentence that we try to finish, and it says that God created me for a purpose, and I think it may be too, and then you fill in the blank. And I love going through this, this workshop as that. You get more and more clarity about what it is God may have called you to. Because if we're just wandering without purpose, then we just kind of are going from day to day. But if we're going to change our world, we kind of got to understand what that purpose is. We got to, it begins to unlock what the future, uh, the future can hold. So if you overcome that, you ask for help, and you kind of understand your purpose, you ask Jesus to convince you that you are made for a purpose, you kind of have that first layer of the cake, okay? That you might actually have a purpose. Moses was not wandering anymore, right? He knew, okay, I've got a job to do. I've got to, I've got to go solve this problem, and when you realize that Jesus may be calling you to something way bigger, then you run into the second problem. And the second problem is this. I am inadequate. Have you ever felt like there was something that needed to change, but you weren't going to be good enough to pull it off? I think Moses is feeling this immediately. <laughs> like God says, I want you to go lead my people out of slavery. And he immediately has this feeling of, well, I'm not good enough to do that. Like, yes, I get excited about that vision of what you want me to do. But I, I immediately get scared. I was uh, meeting with a group of leaders a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were starting a new journey. And I, uh, at the end of uh, the meeting, I said, how many of you leaders are nervous? And the whole room raised their hands, like, yeah, terrified, absolutely terrified. I think that's totally normal, right? You get, this, you get that first layer of maybe I do have a purpose, and then you realize, oh man, I'm not, I'm not good enough for that. <laughs> 
There's no way I could possibly, I could possibly do that. Moses, in his response, was fascinating. He, he immediately goes, I, I'm not good at talking. I can't, I can't do it. And what I love about how God responds to him is God, it says in scripture that God was annoyed with him. <laughs> that he was like, are you kidding? I just asked you to do this. I'm going to help you with it. And you, you think that I'm not right and that you need help. But the best part about that is that even though Moses asked and it said God is annoyed, God still was like, okay. He still responded to Moses' request for help, right? And so Moses asked for help and he gets help from Aaron. Aaron is going to be the guy that can talk really well uh, and he's, he's good with words and he's going to help Moses. So the solution, if you're feeling inadequate, if, the, if that's your problem, the solution then is to ask for help. And begin to surround yourself with people that can fill in where you're not great. Look at what it says in uh, Exodus 4.10. It says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I am not very good with words. I have never been. I am not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. And Moses was immediately looking for a team. He immediately went, I've got areas that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this at. God gives him Aaron. And so they go on to lead uh, the, the Israelites out of Egypt. Crazy story. If you've never read that, that account of what the, the nation of Israel went through getting out of Egypt, it's a little unreal. I would not have wanted to experience any of it. Um, but they go through, and he leads, he starts, he's leading them out of captivity, and they are going to go to the promised land. And they're kind of wandering, uh, uh, going through the wilderness. And this is really interesting. This is where I think we run into the next problem. Because Moses, you think about Moses, Moses immediately was like, I'm not going to be good enough. I need some help. And he got some help, and it worked. Like, they, it, they had some success But then Moses runs into a little bit of a problem because he gets a little, in my opinion, he gets a little too big of a head, right? He gets a boost of confidence. He's like, man, we did that. That was incredibly hard. I'm pretty good at this. Uh, I'm going to keep leading these people. And he starts biting off more than he should chew, right? He starts taking on, he's got a little too much confidence and he runs into a new problem and that new problem is is that I have to do it all myself I have to do it all myself Moses Moses got himself into a situation where he felt like he was the guy who had to solve everyone's problems he would sit, he'd get up in the morning and he would sit down in a chair and people would line up from morning till night to come to him with their complaints and their, their, uh, their fights, <laughs> their conflict, and he would resolve their disputes all day. I would hate that job. <laughs> 
but he thought, man, I'm leading them. I'm, I'm responsible to do this, right? And we believe this too sometimes. I don't know if you, you do this yourself. I find myself getting caught in some of these sometimes that I think, oh, it'd just be easier if I did it. Just be easier if I did it. Or I'm the only one who really knows how it works, so I should probably take care of it. Like, I, I got us this far. I should probably be the one to take care of it. I can't have that expectation of anyone else. I, I should do it for myself. Or it's, it's my calling. I can't expect anyone else to take care of it. It's what I've been called to. Or we just say no for other people, right? We don't even ask them. We just say, oh, no, they're not going to want to. Nah, nah, I won't even ask them. I'll just say no. And then we want to take it. We end up taking it all on. We take it all on. We're doing it all ourselves. And then inevitably what happens? We burn out. We burn out, and if we don't, if we haven't handled it well, we burn out and we press the eject button. We just, like, like Moses going, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to go do something completely different. I'm walking away from this problem completely, which is not the solution, right? That's not the solution. The solution is, I don't know if you're paying attention yet, but the solution is ask for help. <laughs> right? The solution is ask for help. If I'm doing it all myself because I feel like I'm the only one, we got to ask for help. Moses was lucky. He didn't even ask for help. He just had a father-in-law who liked to poke his nose into other people's business, and, his, and he gave him some advice. So we look at Exodus 18, 14. It says, when Moses' father-in-law saw that Moses was an idiot, I mean, it doesn't say that. When he saw well, all that Moses was doing for the people, that sounds much nicer, right? <laughs> all that he was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? There it is, that's the attitude. What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do this all alone while everyone stands around you from morning until evening? It's gotta be, it's gotta be fun though. Right? Because if you put yourselves in Moses' shoes, you, you got these people out of Egypt. And then you had Aaron, you built, you built a team, like a, your core team of people that were helping shore up the areas that you weren't good at. And now you were so important that people would come and line up in front of you all day just to hear how you would resolve their problem. Good thing is, though, is that Moses does listen to his father-in-law. He listens to that wise advice and begins to ask for help, right? He takes and breaks the people up into smaller groups and says, I'm going to have you take your problems to this person and they will help you. And they're getting better care and more of their problems are getting solved. And, and Moses is really spreading the load. But the thing about this layer, I think that if you're going to change the world, the thing about this layer is that this layer is awesome, <laughs> right? At this point, you've got like a three-layer cake. That's a pretty nice cake. It's pretty impressive. But it isn't the final problem that you, uh, that you run into. There is one more problem that you run into. And you see a handful of people that get stuck here. They get here, but it, it gets easy to stop, right? They get to this spot where they're having this impact and 
things are kind of going well. But there is one more problem to solve. And uh, when we look at everything that we have built and all of the smart people that we've got around us, there is a day when we realize that we have a major problem. And it's that the job isn't finished. And we might die (laughs) and it not be finished. The problem, the fourth problem is that uh, when we think that I am the linchpin. Linchpin is really the, it's that pin or that person that keeps all the wheels from falling off, right? You got a whole bunch of gears in this machine and the thing that's holding those gears on is the linchpin. And if they go away, then the whole thing stops working. Like how many times have you thought that about your job that, oh, they're screwed if I leave, (laughs) right? That you feel like I'm the linchpin thing that for Moses is that he wasn't going to get to finish. He wasn't going to get to lead them into the promised land. He didn't get to finish what he started. He needed a successor. So if the problem was that he was wrestling with, man, am I the linchpin? Does this all fall apart without me? The solution was ask for help. He had to find somebody to hand this off to. And so if you look at Numbers chapter uh, 27, verse 15 to 17, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as a leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and lead them into battle. So the community of the Lord will not be like a sheep without a shepherd. And he passes it to Joshua. He passes everything on to Joshua. He didn't get stuck. It didn't, all that effort didn't stop in Moses and then just all fall apart. He asked for help and and passed it to Joshua. So we run into this problem, right? We run into this problem. If we are going to change our world, we are that barrier. We are the barrier to changing our world. And the solution is to ask for help. It is to ask for help. One person is not enough to change the world. Right? Just like one puzzle piece makes for a lousy puzzle. One person isn't going to be enough. Mother Teresa, this is a quote for this week. Mother Teresa says, uh, I can do what you cannot You can do what I cannot. Together, we can do great things. uh, The memory verse for this week is Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. And I think this is is one to store. It's that two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. So which one of those problems are you wrestling with? Which layer of that cake are you wrestling with? Is it it figuring out what your purpose is? Or is it finding the right people to help shore up where you feel inadequate? Which, Which layer of this cake are you wrestling with? When I think about the next steps, if you look on the, uh, the back of your notes, there's some next steps uh, to consider today. And uh, the first one is to beginning a relationship with Jesus. 
I think that if you're wrestling with your purpose, the best place to go is to your creator. Go to your creator. The best way to discover what you were made for is to connect with your, your creator. Is to begin a relationship with Jesus where you go, yes, Jesus, I am going to, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to, I want to figure out my purpose. I want to know how you've wired me. So I challenge you, say, say yes to Jesus today. If you haven't said that before, say yes to Jesus. Jesus is going to be the way that you discover that purpose. If you've already done that, and you're kind of at that spot where you're like, I need to experiment with what I think God might be calling me to, or what God has created me for, join a ministry team. It's a great place. I told you that we do that, that, uh, that spiritual gifting workshop, and at the end of it we say, I think that uh, God created me for a purpose, and it might be too. Part of that whole activity at the very end is to go, okay, well, how, where are you going to start experimenting with that? Where are you going to experiment to see, is this my calling? And I can tell you over my life, my calling has become clearer and clearer and clearer the more that I've experimented and tested and wrestled with it. So maybe for you, uh, your next step is to go, you know what, I'm going to experiment with those gifts. I'm going to experiment with what I think my purpose might be. And the easiest way to do that is to join a ministry team and start experimenting. Start experimenting. Start chipping things away. When, he, when uh, that verse says that you are a masterpiece, I don't know why, but I always think of uh, some of the sculptures that they were chiseled and that they were just a big clump of rock. But it took work to pull out that masterpiece out of the rock, and I think that that's work that we have to do. And we got to experiment and try to, try to uh, figure out what is that calling? What is that purpose? So maybe one of those is your next step. Maybe your next step is just to memorize the Ecclesiastes verses this week, to store that in your heart, because you're going to need it, right? You're going to need that, because you're going to get stuck along the way. Or maybe your next step is to take uh, the calling challenge. Calling challenge is a, uh, an on-the-line uh, mini course that uh, we can send you that kind of helps you wrestle through what is that calling in my life? What has God called me to? What has God called us to? But what has God called me to? And if you haven't wrestled with that, I would encourage you to, to check that box on your connection card or in the connection form, and we'll send you, uh, we'll send you info on how to, how to take that course. But imagine if you and I were people who would ask for help. Imagine if we would ask for help. All of us would ask for help at every level, whether it was wrestling with our purpose or figuring out who we need to hand this off to. I think that's when we could change the world. Now, we're going to give our offering in just a moment and sing uh, a song together. So I want to pray before we do that. Um, so why don't we bow our heads together? Jesus, man, we are your masterpiece. And you do have plans for us. And as we go through this, uh, this Change Your World series, even this whole Change Your World journey, I pray that you would that you'd use us in a powerful, powerful way. Put us together 
like puzzle pieces. Father, as we uh, give today, I pray that you would take what we give and multiply it beyond our imagination so that we can have an even bigger impact here in this community and uh, even around the world. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Westside Podcast. We hope that you'll be taking some next steps in your faith journey, and we'd love to help with that. The most important step you can take is following Jesus. And if today you decided to make that step, we want to encourage you and help you. You can text the word Jesus to 503-905-9067, and we're going to send you some things in the mail to help you grow in your faith. We also would encourage you to stop by this Sunday for a live service, either online or on site right here in the Portland, Oregon area. You can find out more at Westside Community Church dot com.